0: Welcome back to On the Mic with Mike Peters. My guest this week is Cleveland comedian John Bruton. He just got back from the Toledo Funny Bone, where he featured for Ali Sadiq. John started doing stand-up in 2009 and released Nothing Special on YouTube back in January. We talked a lot about life in the 90s, basketball, and baseball. He's a hilarious guy, so go check him out. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to the podcast. If you like what you hear, please sign up for the Patreon. It's only 5 bucks a month. Thank you so much again, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Going take care. Stacked, I'm back my skin Well, I appreciate doing this, man. I appreciate taking time. sir. So uh, I mean, I'm from Binghamton, New York. Mm -hmm. So a buddy of mine, one of my really good friends, Jason, is in Akron. So I don't know Cleveland and that area too well. I mean, how's the comedy over there?
1: To me, the comedy scene has lost its way here in Cleveland. We had potential and we had things that we were trying to put together. But then I think when, um, when everybody had to stop, the comics that were skilled and stuff, they didn't go out the house. So the kids who were just starting off or weren't so good. Pretty much were the replacements, you know, like when they did the lockout. So right. when bars start opening up, a lot of newer comics start doing open mics the best way they could. So it was just like, that's where we're at now. It's a lot of, it's the wild, wild west of open mics. It's not really comedy shows right now.
0: Yeah, I've been doing an open mic for like the last year. I mean, we were able to do something outside for a while and then we moved inside. You know, I would say like an open mic is the best way to do you know, like social distancing because, you know, you've got... A few comedians, maybe a friend or two of theirs, and then some stragglers at the bar who need something to watch. If you're lucky yeah. these
1: comics, these they would get people because the funny part about here, the comics kind of trap people. So somebody, you know, everybody's finally out the house. So they go to a bar and here's a surprise comedy show. Yeah. A spontaneous comedy show. And you're like, shit, I gotta I'm not gonna leave because I'm gonna drink my beer out the house. So yeah. if, they, if they get a few laughs, they thought they were on their way and that they're kinda Gave a lot of confidence to a lot of comics that probably were good where they were at. But right now, we're just a wild, wild west. Everybody wants to get on stage, but they don't really care about people. We're not really performing in front of people yet.
0: What is that like for you? I mean, because you're obviously pretty established. Um, I've been doing shows. I do my show. Uh, I do
1: two shows here in Cleveland. I do one called Make Them Laugh Mondays. It starts at 730, but I do a 730 to 9 fun thing to do. Like, tonight I'm doing trivia. Last week, we had a roast battle. So I just want to do something else before comedy. That way it's just, you know, if you're there, it's a really laid back environment until the jokes start so we can have more fun and just being tired of hearing a bunch of comics say depressing shit. So
0: <laughs> That's the hard part for me. It's like I'm hosting an open mic and I've been doing it for like four or five years and you're always going up in front of a cold audience and like, mm-hmm. especially now, like I'm trying out new stuff and I'm like, oh man, it's who knows how it's going to go. But when I do get something sad, it's like, oh, they're not. They're not here for this. I mean,
1: you can do sad stuff. It's just you got to let people be there for a while. Like, you can make a lot. You can watch a movie. Think about if you watch a movie and they shoot a woman in the face when the movie starts. You're like, this shit's, I don't know about this. Right. But if, like, an hour into the movie, you find out she's a bad guy, you're like, oh, okay, I get ready to shot her in the head. This is okay. I can handle (laughs) it now. Did you ever watch Kindergarten Cop? Yeah, I remember that one. That was one with uh, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right?
0: Yeah. Like, I think... I don't know. I'm always like stuck in the '90s, and when I hear, "Oh, it's a villain, like a, a bad woman," I just mm-hmm. think a the woman who gets hit by a car at the end, and uh gets hit by a baseball. Or I'm sorry, she hits somebody with a car, and then gets hit by a baseball bat. I think I just want to see old women get hit for some reason. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, when you don't, when you can establish a villain, people can digest it. So, like. I think if everybody's hanging out and they realize that we're not bad, everybody just, there's some music playing and some silly stuff happening. If somebody goes on stage and says something kind of, you know, more comedy, you know, at least you're, you're, you're prepared for comedy. Cause right now we can't just surprise people. (laughs) We're done with surprises. You know, (laughs) I'd rather have something where it's laid back. So it's not just a lot of comedy, but you still came for comedy. Right. You can enjoy it too. I mean, just forcing people to hear it.
0: I produce a lot of shows over here Uh, before the pandemic. I had like 14 rooms all around New York and we would do every once in a while, I'd have a free show. Like, you know, the third Thursday of a month I'd have a free show for the audience bar pays us, but like half the audience would be there for the show. And the other half would just be at the bar trying not to hear us at all. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you've done shows like that, right? Oh
1: yeah. I've done those for benefits even where they didn't tell the people that were we're doing a benefit for kind of, it was going to be a comedy show. They just had live entertainment. Yeah. So that meant everything. And since that's, we were the comedy, they just were not really interested. And plus it was corporate. So you could not really, you know, comedy club is you came to see me corporate event is I'm here to entertain. You. you can't have the same attitude. So, you know, you just got to take that L and be Mr. Please pay me attention. Please. Let's talk about anything you guys want to talk about. <laughs> How do you
0: win them over just by doing that?
1: it depends. I usually make fun of somebody a little bit, but don't insult, just tease, you know, something that they can control, like his outfit, not his personality or some shit. Like I don't call a dude ugly if he really is horrible looking, but if he, (laughs) if a dude has like an ugly shirt, I'll make fun of him. Or if he's on a date with an attractive woman, I'll make fun of him because he has confidence to talk to her. So I'll assume he's not fragile so he can handle a couple jokes, but I'll try and pick my spots if I need to get somebody's attention or make fun of myself like start doing a dialogue of everybody how they feel about me like oh this guy ain't shit I'm like, where's my food at?
0: I'm much more comfortable making fun of myself I'm a, I'm always afraid that if I say something to somebody else he's just going to beat the shit out of me and that's very possible
1: No I've never seen that well I've, you know I've seen it on YouTube clips I've had I've seen it uh, was it Steve Brown was at a show Yeah I remember that and a dude ran up on stage and yeah hit him with the uh with the, the stool, mic stand right? Oh the it was yeah, that's like that. Yeah, I have had the funny thing. The last two times uh, me and Ali have been at the Toledo Funny Bone, the first, like last year, um, we were there for Valentine's weekend. And a guy kept talking during the show, and Ali addressed him and it was semi respectful after, like, the second time. After a while, it wasn't shut the fuck up, but it was getting to that energy and they're going back and forth. So then he said, Man, you know, I don't ruin the show. So I'll be outside taking pictures and, whatever else, you know, you want to do. So do that. the show goes over. They're outside, they're arguing. And it's about to be pretty much a fight because the security at the club didn't really think to stop somebody from trying to attack the talent. But that's, we're the only ones that you can jump on us after your, our performance. You can't go to a play and jump on uh, one of the cats you ain't like. <laughs> you, you, you can't go to a rock show and even, like if you go to a rap concert or a rock show, you can't even get backstage to talk to the people. They don't do a meet and greet before the show. We're the only ones that everybody expects to fucking uh, talk to afterwards. Like old theater and we do an opinion y'all don't agree with. It. So it's kind of a catch 22, but both times it's been an issue. It's been those two clubs. I mean, that, that club twice. This past time, a dude was on his phone in the in the showroom. just on the phone. Phone was on the ringer. Oh, no he kidding. The he answers his phone and, wow. sits, and sits in the stays in the theater. Stays in the um, room and on the phone, showroom. Stays in the, sit on the phone. About two minute conversation. Every, to the point everybody's quiet looking at him at this point because it's not like you know it, it's been a year so we've all grown as far as ali just didn't even get mad at him he just he died down like everything else and let this dude finish the conversation and then he tried to ask the guy yo why did you not go outside and the dude's response was oh man going with that shit I't be part of the show so it's like you already put us in a, a position where you remove logic and all social contracts So that was the only time in that one club, Toledo, Funny Bone, the only place that is almost gone to somebody actually touching somebody on stage or off stage. I've never seen a club happen where that happened before ever.
0: What do you think it is? Is it just a lack of security? Yeah, lack of... I don't
1: think that they pay enough attention to the room and the restaurant. I mean, they got a lot going on. It's not like they're bad because they got a real kitchen. So... They take food orders, but they can't. They got to have more people in there. You got to have somebody doing the showroom and somebody doing the kitchen. You can't have, you shouldn't have one manager managing those two spots because it's, it's bump heads a lot.
0: You know, I'm like an hour and a half from Syracuse. And I know Syracuse, funny one, has kind of a shitty reputation, but I think that's just for the audience. It's well, the same with Cleveland. Yeah.
1: Well, honestly, it's, and I, I told my friend this. He's like, man, yeah, we got a pretty bad one here in Kansas City, too. I said, let's be honest. It's the people. We're doing comedy, <laughs> but people who think they're funny like everybody thinks they're funny like any everybody everyone who ever fucking me who can speak a language thinks they're funny so that's already when everybody's special now too you know everybody thinks they can do your job until you put a mic in their face and even now they think they can do it with cell phones because you know we got guys who just pop up and they just do one funny thing over and over and over and it's like damn I wish I could do that shit I didn't know we could do that I'm trying to write a new 30 minutes
0: (laughs) It frustrates me when I see like uh a couple friends of mine are in cover bands mm-hmm. and they fucking sell out a bar and I'm like I am getting like 9 people at my show man mm-hmm. and I'm working hard on these 15 20 minutes and everybody and else on the show is the same Zeppelin.
1: thing Yeah, y'all yeah. fucking doing the Eagles and Led Zeppelin riffs and getting all the glory and here we are <laughs> composing our own stuff. Yeah, that's funny. So, I wish we could do cover jokes. I wish it wasn't called stealing. I wish we could just do cover jokes because I would do Red Fox shit just to pass time. Because <laughs> Red I, Fox says some of the most childish, funny shit.
0: I have to listen more of his stand up. I just, I know Sanford and Son. I've watched every episode, but. Uh, he, was a, he was a really dirty
1: comic for yeah. his time. Like he, but it wouldn't be like, I fucked her in the pussy. He just was like, talk about coochie. And that was just enough because <laughs> we were really, you know, comics weren't really talking about anything yet. It was still new. So he, I'm talking about sex, you know, it was just like she ain't wash her ass. It was never like crazy. I was getting my dick because nobody did. That was too much for comedy.
0: Yeah, I know. Like around that time, Carlin was yeah. like a, a very clean comedian. Mm-hmm. And then he made that because you had to be, you know, to be on TV, you had to be squeaky. I mean, you know, kind of the same way today. But like his whole persona was that way. And then I
1: like when he turned. Like when, yeah, when
0: Carlin, yeah, it was mature, the
1: like to the real Carlin, everybody is like called iconic Carlin. That turn is cool to hear it. Like, I, you know, of course I didn't see it, but it's cool to hear the albums and the difference.
0: When did you start doing comedy?
1: Um, 10 years ago now. Okay. Uh, whatever year that is, 09, uh, I think it was like around 09, 11, or 10, or that November. So, November 2009, I did my first open mic on stage. It was a Black Friday show. Somebody had a show on Friday after Thanksgiving. And I figured out I'd, I'd try it today because there's nobody really here that right. pays attention.
0: How'd it um, go? Uh,
1: I did two minutes. They gave us ten. Oh shit! But I, I just didn't. I didn't understand. And I never understood why you give me ten minutes. I just started, but I was also studying. Like I was going to open mics, watching comics, and I talked to a couple comics I knew already because I was interested. So I just built my time up from them two minutes, and then I just kept going from there.
0: That's great. Yeah, I, my first was, Mike, years ago. Yeah, my first mic, I went to it and then didn't sign up, and then I had mm-hmm. to come back the next week and do it again, and. You know, I think we got like seven minutes or something like that, and I'm sure I told eight minutes of stories that didn't work, you know, but it's like it was so much fun. I mean, I know I got some laughs, but, you know, in hindsight, it's like, well, I won't do that. Mm. I won't do that material again.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't even remember what I was saying because um, I didn't have an idea what to say. I just was I wanted to get on stage and try some some tweets because it's right when Twitter was going. So I was just like, figure I can just say this shit out loud instead of just tweeting it. And. I don't remember any of those jokes, so it wasn't much. <laughs> was it but I looked a- down the whole time. I know that I did look down the whole time, and everybody kept telling me to look up. Like They said, yeah, you don't seem confident. I say, yes, I do. I mean, come on now. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not kicking a can. I'm just looking down and talking because I'm being an asshole. I don't want to look you in the face while I'm saying this mean shit. I mean, I'm not taking it back, but looking you right in your face when I'm talking about you.
0: <laughs> My tick was I moved around on stage all the time. And it wasn't a really big stage. Like I wasn't trying to be Chris Rock or anything. I was too nervous. And my feet were just going back. I mean, it was like a hmm. a four by four stage. I mean, there was nowhere to go, but I just could not stay still.
1: I still don't move. Really? Mm-mm, I still stand still. Or I lean back now. And I feel bad because I was always told not to. But now I was like, I'm so fucking tired of standing <laughs> For these fucking people to like me, <laughs> it's like I'm going to be comfortable for this this shit. If I got to fucking appeal to you, let me do it my way.
0: Well, I watched the one you released a uh, couple months ago. Uh, Nothing special. Oh yeah, it was great. Like I would you say like it was like a year recap?
1: Or, yeah, because really it was all joke ideas. I was I kind of wish I didn't put it out like that because I think some of those jokes I could have done more with. But it was just the first real set I wrote from start to finish. And it was good because I did it over a weekend. The first show I was just trying to figure it out, talking about the baby. the second show I was trying to talk about the news. And by the the fifth show that weekend, I finally had everything I wanted to hit and it worked out. And I had a couple of pictures. I I, I actually had my friend come down and take a picture and we recorded it. So I just wanted to see how it looked. And if it was cool, put it out and it was, it was good enough compared to nothing else came out. So.
0: Yeah, I liked it a lot.
1: I like it. I mean, I thought it was I liked the beginning a lot, like that was all the stuff I was really happy to do. everything else I would kind of prepared it, but the Capitol building stuff happened that week or like the, that um like two weeks ago, and nobody had any answers really. it was just all oh, what happened, and the browns actually were winning that it was a lot really around here it was a lot of weird shit was going on, and we all had to wear masks, yeah, well, some what? people fought about it. people were trying to like they would get mad if they couldn't go shopping with the mask on like they would they wouldn't they would not want to wear it and it's like well why not? And I was like, I can't breathe in it. It's like, come on now. It's like, yeah, but you know what? It's a dust like, mask. the fuck out of
0: And the people in the store who have to work there, stand there for eight hours, they can breathe just fine. Yeah,
1: you know, I, just, I thought just thought that was a silly argument. And then they start calling it freedom. I'm going say, all right, now we're just using that word for whatever now. Like,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> this they, is not a, you're free still to walk around. You just have to wear a mask. It's not, a, it's not paperwork. Like, you don't have to have your papers on you to prove you're a free person. Well, it's by, a lot different than what freedom. Some people think
0: what bothered me so much about that is like you make that argument about, we can't do this. If we, if we don't wear masks, it's like, well, if you wore the masks, you could do what you want to do quicker. So I just never understood the the argument of that. And like, I don't know, if the government had bought everybody a mask, would that have been okay? I have no clue.
1: But some places just gave you masks. Like, right. You didn't really have to, this wasn't a, um, a tax that really set anybody back. Like the mask, I haven't, I have about four different masks. I got two at a concert, and I got one as a gift. And the other one I ordered offline with the in 95 I bought one mask. The other two just came around because we all have to have them. So it's not like you really can't get a mask from somewhere for free if you really need one. I've seen homeless people have a... They might be the same mask from when they fucking started, but that mask, it might have COVID on it, but he's still alive because of that mask. Like you know even people who don't have a home have a mask so you can't tell me that it's hard to get one
0: when you are taking a set like you take that that capital insurrection material do you find it a challenge or do you do you feed off of that like like i want to open my set with this to tell everybody where i am right now
1: i read something that conan o'brien said was uh you should make your first joke something everybody gets in the room so sometimes you make fun of the you know, the background or the stage or the theater itself, or even your outfit of yourself, because everybody can see you, but you want to make fun of something that everybody can laugh at together before you go anywhere else. And I figured those topics were things that we all, everybody in that room had an opinion of those topics. It wasn't a surprise. It wasn't, they had to get caught up on it. They knew like from the Browns winning the playoffs to the Capitol building, we all had a conversation and we don't have a water cooler because we've been in fucking house so long. (laughs) So this like the, I know that those would work. That's why I opened it up with more topical material because I figured it would, it it would work. Like those rules they say you can't have, you know, trying to break them.
0: Right. (laughs) What's it like being a sports fan in Cleveland? It depends what you like. I'm not a Cavs
1: fan. I was a Laker fan growing up and now I just don't care about basketball. It's just, (laughs) for me, basketball is just not what it used to be. I think that's how every sport feels to old people. So I just I think it's not for me anymore. I think the, the young kids got it. But being as people here love the Browns no matter what. Yes. Whether they're winning or losing, and the fact they're gonna be good on paper this year. People care like the draft was here. So it's a lot of like hype around the Browns. Uh the Cavs are like the new Indians for us. Like the Indians were always a team, you could go see a game, like a part of the community type thing. It's just a passage. Like every every kid has a story where they went to an Indians game or a Cavs game. Well now the Cavs suck so bad they the cheap tickets. So you know, might as well see the Cavs play somebody you like. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, are you – is it just style of basketball, or did you fall out of, like, being a Lakers fan because LeBron went there?
1: Uh, the style of basketball, okay, okay. Right. the uh, the Euro step, the jump yeah. step, the traveling and the funky flops, that shit just is – and the fact that refs act like they're not, like – it's like when you talk to a police officer, and he acts like he doesn't know how the law works or how driving works. So if you if he stopped you for a stop sign, you wanted to fuck with me because there's no other traffic here. So you just wanted to pull me over for a stop sign, knowing damn well you roll through stop signs <laughs> no matter what neighborhood you're in. So it's just like that type of you call foul and you want to.
0: But I grew up watching the Knicks and the Bulls and the Pacers and the and the Heat. Great team. I mean, I really. I wasn't a Knicks fan. I was a Timberwolves fan because I loved Garnett, Gugliotta, and Marbury. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. fucking loved those teams. And I stopped watching basketball probably around I don't know. I, I would say two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Mm. Just didn't do it for me anymore. And I was that a sports was writer. Favorite. I was a Kobe sports
1: was writer. My last championship was uh, 9,
0: 10. Yeah, I mean, they were. It was fun to watch. I just I was a sports writer then, and I just got tired of you know I'd watch games all day at work, and then I come home. I didn't want to watch sports anymore. So I'll always be a baseball fan, but I just eh, like basketball. I just, you know, it wasn't for me anymore, but I loved those early nineties, mid nineties, late nineties teams. And just the physical style of basketball really enjoyed. And I like watching the highlights now. And I know most of the players, but I don't know something about it. I just can't get into it.
1: Yeah, It's just not physical. It's like, and it's not really good basketball. It's like, it's just like everybody plays bad basketball. Like, They talk about efficient shooting and stuff. The stats aren't everything if you're not winning. In the 90s, it was more about did they win, then you cared about stats. But it wasn't like, oh, he averages more points than Jordan. Yeah, but he's not fucking Jordan. Right. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter what his stats are. Jordan, the games weren't going 113, 107. Not without overtime. It would be 77 to 85 or something. And that would be kind of a blowout. So when the games, you know, started coming down and, Curry made everybody think that they were human, like he was human or something. So everybody shoots more three pointers.
0: Plus, like Jordan's got to go around. I mean, say he gets by everybody, which he does. He's got to get past Ewing, and you know he wasn't real the best center. player. But Rick Smith was seven four. You know, like just in that East, he's got to get through all those Pistons.
1: There aren't any real centers anymore. No. There's just what is Catton with Minnesota, Joel Embiid, and Mister White Howard, and. I guess Anthony Davis counts as a center because DeMarcus Cousins is gone. Like, I don't care if he comes back. It's over. He's just – he's Greg Odin with more heart. <laughs> I was like, so
0: bad for Greg Odin.
1: I don't. Greg Odin was not going to make it. <laughs> like, him and who was it, the guy from Duke that was Okafor? Uh, uh, um, Khali, uh, Khalil Okafor. No,
0: Emeka Okafor. Oh. Uh, guy, he,
1: from
0: Duke.
1: he was a center guy, from Duke that got drafted. Like, well, Emeka, I don't remember a center from Duke. I think it was a center from Duke, Okafor. He was a while ago.
0: Oh, you could be right. Definitely. I think Emeka Okafor was from Connecticut. That was a long time ago.
1: Jaleel. No, that's yes, what it was. Jaleel Okafor. Okay.
0: Okay. He,
1: yeah, uh, oh, yeah, he, that's the problem. He was seven <laughs> foot, um, well, he's 6'11 and he got drafted and he just, nothing came of it. He went to the Pistons and he, he got drafted by the, um, it was supposed to be the Lakers, but it was somebody else got him. And he, nothing came of it. Just whatever happened, he just, he never got anything. And now centers shoot three-pointers. Like, the fact that Jurel and B shoots three-pointers and it's okay, it just throws me off. But his his shooting motion looks like he just learned how to dribble.
0: I think it was – I want to say it was Mutombo who shot one three-pointer. One of those big centers mm-hmm. made a and three-pointer went one time, and it was just like – I mean, it was like Bartolo Colon had a no-home run. Mm-hmm. You're like, that's not supposed to happen.
1: Yeah, just like some silly – like, oh, look at him finally doing it. Look at yeah. that. But you don't really come down like... But Anthony Davis shot three-pointers in in Kentucky. So I can't say he's new to it. Like, I get it. But that's what a new center is.
0: Yeah, I don't know. When I watched The Last Dance, I mean, Mm -hmm. I was like reliving my childhood. And, I mean, it was fantastic because like, what were we, like three months into the pandemic, four months Mm -hmm. maybe? And no live sports, nothing. Now every Friday, I think it was Friday, we had something to look forward to at eight and nine. You're like, oh, my God, this is... This no, is it was on Sunday. Like. It oh, on Sunday. Right. You're right. You're right. It came on Sunday. It,
1: it took You're right. took the best. That was that's a TV spot. When you know you got some good good, good show come on Sunday night is right. you got to bring it because <laughs> that's our last chance for real entertainment <laughs> <laughs> before we back to the bullshit.
0: When I was a kid, my Sunday night lineup was The Simpsons and In Living Color and Married mm-hmm. to Children and the mm-hmm. George Carlin Show. Whatever. I mean, not to bring it back to comedy, but like, <laughs> but for me, that was like, okay, this is what's funny. And this is what's going to be funny for me forever. I mean, that's something. Hmm. what you watch as a kid. Uh, same thing. How, how old are you? I'm 37. I'm, I'm 38. So, yeah, probably.
1: Yeah same, thing. yeah, same age. So we were in that last generation that we all saw the same thing. It wasn't yeah. like all these different networks. It was Fox, ABC, NBC, and sometimes CBS, because we all watched Walker, Texas Ranger. Yep. Um, we all knew about the show uh, Nash Bridges. Yep with uh, Don Johnson's second. He's trying to get his career with (laughs) with Cheech. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, we all saw these shows together because we all knew about the dinosaurs, Family Matters, Step by Step. We all seen Saved by the Bell where Kelly Kapowski was on drugs. (laughs) Like, we all... And everybody watched the Cosby Show, too. It wasn't that split because it was a Black show yet. Like, people watched Fresh Prince. It wasn't like NBC had the Black Knight. You know, everybody didn't watch Martin, but as far as like the main shows we all saw them together still now everybody got their own little taste of entertainment and half that shit is not entertaining
0: no I'm it's an still, inside
1: joke it's really more inside jokes than actually like entertaining for people
0: i'm still watching the shows from the 90s like like oh man I, I, I'm, I got, I'm like anytime it's a good show i love to be watching i got disney plus and dinosaurs is on there and i'm actually watching that when i go to bed and it's Take me forever to get through it, but I love it. And you go back and watch some of those shows and, and the comedy rate is really good.
1: Oh, Man. I watched I rewatched Cheers over pandemic.
0: How is that? I have not watched an entire episode of Cheers yet. It's like I, my I, main sin.
1: You know, I was a child when Cheers was supposed to be a big deal. Woody Harrelson, my introduction to him was um White Man Can't Jump. Oh, yeah, me too. So I didn't really know he was supposed to be this guy from a bar who was like a the stoner Matthew McConaughey. He was like Matthew McConaughey before Matthew McConaughey. So it's like, oh, all right, I guess. I mean, <laughs> but hearing like the jokes on Cheers are really good. Like they hold up and they talk about the same topics. Everybody had a gay episode where a guy was gay and you didn't nobody knew how to talk about it yet. Shit, Seinfeld had a racial issue with, um, not racial issue, racial episode when Elaine did, the one guy
0: who was yeah. racially ambiguous. Yeah. Her, yeah, the race
1: issues ain't. Golden Girls had a Confederate flag episode with Don Cheeto, crazy Oh ass. my God,
0: that's fucking crazy. Like, I, I saw that come up. I, it must have been around George Floyd stuff, like around mm-hmm. that time. And that went viral again. And I was like, oh my God, one Don Cheeto, I thought like his earliest role was on Fresh Prince, like Ice Tray, I think. Mm-hmm. And like, no, it must have been Golden Girls. I mean, you know, that must
1: have no, been. I think he did a sitcom before that. Uh, he was the C- did a sitcom, like played a teenager type stuff. Wow. Because uh, I didn't know everybody was on shows like ER, like the same way that everybody's on Law and Order. Um, Law and Order. Everybody's on the episode of Law and Order. The whole cast of The Wire did an episode of Law and Order. It, it's crazy. It things like that. So it's like that type of stuff. Like, okay, I see how that can happen. But then you say, oh, they just do the same thing. You know, it's the same thing again.
0: Have you seen Oz yet?
1: Uh, no, I didn't really want to watch it. I okay. heard, you know, as a kid growing up, I heard it was a lot of <laughs> rape, prison <Yes>. rape.
0: <laughs> There's a rape scene in the credits. <laughs> yeah, like that's how fucking crazy it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can. I'm, Sons of Anarchy was hard enough with their random uh rapiness type <laughs> vibe. So, yeah, Oz never intrigued me because I'm like, well, do they get out of jail? It's about to jail the whole time. I don't know uh, I mean, about that.
0: Some of them do, but but a lot of the a lot of the actors from The Wire are also in Oz, which makes sense because they're both uh, HBO.
1: Michael K. Williams plays on a lot of the show. Like, I was glad yeah. he he always got something wrong with him. Not wrong, but it's always like some secret he got to try and hold or suppress. Like in Boardwalk Empire, he can't read and he won't tell anybody, but he's supposed to be running everything. How do you do numbers if they like the character didn't make sense to me to make him not be able to read? But somehow he's this gangster that controls all these deals. So he's making deals and knows percentages, but can't read uh, anything. Yeah. Yeah. In, I'm like that was wire. stupid storyline to make him just that was some slavey bullshit. I was I'm like <laughs> that's not the same black person, man. Whoever wrote that shit's an asshole. That's not the same black dude.
0: <laughs> in the Wire, was he just gay? <laughs> was that his problem? Or uh,
1: no, he was a killer. Well, I know, no, I know that <laughs> he was trying to suppress. Like he just like they always threw something else at him. Like he was never just the black dude in the show. He was yeah. always like like he can't read now. He, he's gay. It's like well, can he just? What, all right, I guess. But what is he? Because I don't know if he's gay or not. Because uh. In the most recent show, they just did Lovecraft County. He's gay in that too, but he's, he's secretly gay because his son is a main character. So he's the father. So he had to have sex at least once. Right. But it was just a weird, like, his character didn't make sense with everything. Like, they try to make him a lot. I was like, damn, is he, which one is he? Like, how is it the same guy? Like, one character has all these different angles, but he's not the main character. Why, who wrote, who wrote this shit? Well, you would
0: think, like, if he's that good of an actor to take on all these little characteristics, shouldn't he be good enough to be the lead?
1: Yeah, like, they should make that guy the lead because they're putting too much storyline on the uh, secondary characters. i like, which one? Who, like, is it sometimes I see shows and it's like, damn, man, who the fuck wrote this? <laughs> but then you see how, you know, it's all a, um, a cycle because then you see shows like ER that had everybody in it. You see shows like uh, Law and Order that had everybody in it. Hell, we had another show on Fox New York Undercover.
0: Yeah, I remember that one.
1: That one had everybody on there doing episodes. You know, guys start acting. They got to be criminal number one, but hell, you're on, you're on Primetime Fox.
0: Yeah, I remember the movie Can't Hardly Wait. Did you ever see that one? Yes, with uh, Freddie Prince. Yes. Jr. I believe, No, I don't know. Oh, no, no, that's not, that's not, that's she's all that. Yeah, yeah. But it
1: was, a, it was a Can't Hardly Wait. It was a teenage movie, too. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it had, but that one had everybody in it. And like Jennifer Love Hewitt was in it and uh, Ethan Embry, I believe, was mm-hmm. one of the leads. But I remember Jason Segel was in there, and his credit was Watermelon Guy. Like, all right, he's probably, arguably, the biggest actor out of that whole group. Mm-hmm. And he had Watermelon Guy, and Donald Faison was in a band in that, and Seth Green was in it. I mean, you name it. If you were a rising star in the mm-hmm. 90s, you made it in that movie.
1: 40 uh, year version was like that, too. It had guys that were randomly on their way up. Yeah, because Kevin Hart had a great scene that was, oh, uh, about
0: him. Yeah.
1: him and uh, Romney had a back and forth. Uh, Paul Rudd yep.
0: came out everything.
1: of his shell from being the guy from Clueless to being shit. He became Ant Man.
0: <laughs> I don't think there's one person who could hate Paul Rudd. It's oh, Jason Bateman.
1: That's my, I, me and my friend was arguing who's the most bland but successful white man. And we yeah. were talking about yeah. between Paul Rudd and, uh, Jason Bateman, like they just, they seem like regular white dudes. And you were like, their resume is fucking, oh, okay. You you actually put some work in. You
0: ain't, and, you and didn't Bateman, coast. You, no, and Bateman's been doing it since like the 80s.
1: Mm-hmm. The Ozark is fucking amazing.
0: I haven't seen that one yet.
1: Oh man, Ozark is so goddamn good. Cause it's a lot of shows, like a little piece of, uh, a lot of good shows. Like it feels like Breaking Bad with the part that he's not a gangster. Like, he's not this villainous guy, so it's like, well, he could, he could die. <laughs> like, he's not invincible. This motherfucker's not untouchable. He could get his ass kicked for this.
0: I'm watching The Sopranos for the first time. Oh, man, you're gonna go through the longest fucking ride. I know, and I just finished the first season, and my buddy Bill and I were doing a podcast about it, and <laughs> we're trying to predict who's gonna live and who's gonna die, and it's like, the only way I'm not saying, like, certain people, is like, well, logically, it they gotta be around for a while. I mean, they're integral of the part or it doesn't make sense to kill him after the first season or something like that, but I have no idea. But I expect at a certain point, everybody I like is going to die.
1: Have you watched Game of Thrones?
0: I watched one episode. It was oh. like, and it was probably the worst one to watch because it was like, I think the second to last one, the
1: one that was all dark and shit.
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. That was, that was, yeah, yeah no, that, that show will make you realize that every actor can be replaced or killed off. <laughs> like you, all like, oh, my favorite character is Blankety Blank. You like what the fuck? Oh, yeah. oh, you know, I, but so and so—that's my second favorite. Oh, the, what the, how the hell? But he, this one's—he's interesting. I like. it. Oh, hey, okay. Is <laughs> they? It's so fucking hard to watch. And I, I binge watched it again, and I had to be quiet to let all the pain happen again. Like, yo, take that one. It's, you're gonna feel it. Yep, <laughs> they all die. Every last one of them
0: growing up watching Save of the Bell, it's like, okay, well, we just had to wait for you know a, a contract dispute or something like that. When, when Tori mm-hmm. came in and replaced Kelly and Jesse, it's like, well, what the hell's this? But well, we didn't even know about that until like you know later we on. Had to research it.
1: They just made one joke about it, Jazz yeah. made one joke about unviv, and they didn't we didn't know what was going on, you know, there was no internet to just she could say her side of it. It would just be they what have an unviv. I don't know, the show was great though,
0: <laughs> it was really good, and I like the way. Will, I think Jazz said, oh, something different about you. And Will mm-hmm. just looks at the camera and it's like, all right, awesome.
1: And that was, yeah, they addressed it, though. I didn't know Will Smith wrote some episodes for that show.
0: Yeah, he did everything, I think. I, I mean, I don't think he, I believe I mean, he did he, direct. Yeah, he, that's when he wrote episodes yeah. and he
1: directed something. Like, he started getting, you know, he was doing the show and I just like acting on it. So that was yeah. kind of, I see how he can control so much.
0: Do you ever want to do any acting?
1: No, I don't really want to act. I'd rather write it. I'd rather write stuff than act, though. Acting didn't really seem like my thing. I've seen good acting before, and I've talked to people who are about acting, and it's not in me to do it right, to actually, like, pretend to be someone else. I can make up a story, but I don't have to, you know, try to feel something else. So if I had... I could be a comedy actor, but I couldn't be an actor. I just, I could be funny in a movie, but I wouldn't claim to be an actor.
0: I don't know. I Something about watching a good comedian take on a role is really... It's, it's almost I've, like a it's like an underdog thing yeah And because you like you almost don't expect you feel like nobody expects the comedian to be a good actor or anything like that so when you can see it even like a guy like will smith like he's so funny on that show and to see him do something serious you're like wait who somebody should have told me that guy is a good actor like you should have been watching he, him you see that one scene with him and uncle phil crying over yeah. his dad and it's like that's the that's the pinnacle for me. It's like, okay, well, show me one scene that'll get you to cry. That's the
1: one. Mm. I always just make a joke about that scene and say that, um, you know, I didn't really grow up like all my friends because when all my friends, like, that's my favorite episode, man. You know, that, that touched me for real. I'm like, it was just another Thursday with me because my dad was watching shit with me. Like, he's right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we just like, yeah, that boy Will Smith can act, but that's all it was to me. Yeah. I didn't really... I mean, I, I'm. I understand. I'm like, I didn't feel that like that. I get it. It was a great scene. It wasn't that touching to me. Or Will Smith. His, his dad was there too. Right. <laughs> but Will Smith, like, the, um, in Living Color. Yeah. They produced two of the best comedic actors, actors that we've ever seen.
0: Jamie Foxx and Jim Carrey.
1: Yes. Yeah. And honestly, Dan, Damon Wayans He's came out the gate game. and showed us he is not. Like, I thought, Damon Williams was just a stand-up who was kind of like raunchy. But when the white, my my wife and kids, him and Bernie Mac surprised me. Like to be a comic fan and see them come up and be those dirty comics, you realize that Bob Saget was the same way. Yeah, to so, like, oh, then you realize Cosby's a fucking rapist. So he, of course, he's the best dad ever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just, however far you go on stage or off, your lifestyle here is your the better dad. When,
0: <laughs> when uh, when news came out about Cosby, did that hit you at all? Oh, I broke my goddamn heart. Yeah, I love Cosby
1: as an artist, you know? No. He's the reason I started comedy. He's the reason no I like comedy. Yeah. Like I, growing up, my mother would play those. We would drive back and forth to her hometown. Himself? And, no, it'd be the, the cassette tapes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Some I would tips. hear yeah, okay. were, yeah. those stand-up. Those stand-up right, it's stand-up. Greatest, his type stuff. Like, hearing shit okay. about Buck Buck and stories like that. And I'm like, damn, that's, you know, I'm laughing as a kid. And then my mother bought me a record player, and she gave me a bunch of records to listen to. So, I would listen to um, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, George Carlin, uh, Flip Wilson. You know, I grew up... So, my first comedy was records and hearing it. I didn't actually know what they looked like yet. Oh, then wow. I saw himself. And then I we had HBO, and I saw either Raw or Delirious, wherever the second one was. And that made me realize this shit's crazy. Like, to see Eddie Murphy and my mother let me watch that shit and hearing Pussy and she laughing, I learned who my mother was, you know? Like... <laughs> This is a person because, like, she. I'm like, I would never say these words in front of her, but Eddie Murphy saying them, and she is dying laughing at these jokes. I don't really get them because I ain't never had pussy yet, so I just think the pussy's funny to say because I can't say it. Yeah, that's all it was. But I'm like, this is hilarious, and like, I know it's funny, but I'm like, it's just the word. I thought it was just the words. So I learned, you know, later on, you learn that it ain't just pussy. <laughs> like something funny has to happen yeah. to them.
0: <laughs> I watched Stand yeah. by Me and learned a whole lot of language. Mm. and my parents just let me watch it and i think they say just about every name they got and i'm like oh okay and what, what happened was i'd watch it when i was like eight and nothing i mean nothing registered and then Ooh. i'd watch it when i was 14 i'm like oh wait i know that word now and i get to like college i'm like oh my parents were awful parents like i, I
1: knew it was bad words so i didn't say them but yeah. i um i used to it they were bad words and i didn't i i didn't say them but i knew what the bad words were so to hear them it wasn't like they taught me to just because you see it on TV does not make it real. <laughs> yeah, because you know, growing up, we had a, we had the dumb kids who tried to fucking be Superman. Oh,
0: like they put they put, tile,
1: they put a towel, they put a towel around their neck and they would yeah. jump off the garage and hurt themselves. Oh Jesus! When special effects start getting too good, kids thought the shit was easy to do. And you know, we had the dumb generation too. Like we might think we were a good generation, we jumped. We the reason we got <laughs> coffee, hot coffee. We're that fucking smart, like <laughs> like. But yeah, we had that. We had that silly shit
0: happen. I remember just in the movie Teen Wolf, you know, the dude's surfing on a car, like a van. Man. And I'm sure.
1: Remember uh, the program, the football movie? Yeah. Uh, They cut a scene out of that. Like me and my cousins and my uncle went to go see the program in theaters. And they're getting drunk in a bar, underage and all this shit. And they, they made it a big deal after this movie. And they all got drunk and made a bet to lay in the middle of the street while traffic was going, to lay on the lines. But it land on the yellow lines, which you would think would still be safe. But if people see that shit, they might go crazy. But they cut the scene out because some kids reenacted the shit. No kidding. Yeah, like if you look at our generation, we are the dumbest fucking generation, second to now, like whatever you want to call. Everybody has some stupid habit. We really do We had, we started school shootings with Columbine, and they yep. blame something else. It's like nobody had original ideas. Always, oh, I saw somebody else do it, so I'm gonna do it. We are the most jump off the Brooklyn Bridge fucking generation. So I don't even knock the kids for doing shit now. Cause at least they doing their own thing. We was, we was, <laughs> we was listening to Manson and trying to kill people. Like he said, <laughs> kill people. So it was like, I don't know. Just, we, <laughs> we made it through it. But
0: when I was a kid, I took, I don't remember this exactly. I had one of those air guns. Where you just, mm-hmm. you know, like they shot like a ping pong ball basically. And I remember I put a peanut M&M in there Ooh. and shot it into my mouth. I didn't, chew it at all it just went straight down and i'm like how dumb can i be and i think yeah. i did it twice so real dumb
1: yeah we was a latchkey. we had too much free time on our hands we pretty much have been, we did not deserve that time
0: <laughs> no but i wouldn't trade it i mean like was oh, no, it, great and i think like if we're <clears throat> independent now because of that then i would have been. We had to survive we,
1: we almost killed ourselves like we had paintball guns. Like we had shit that they didn't even. It was the generation before us. We were the ones with paintball guns doing dumb shit with that. Like <laughs> it was some more cap guns. Like those that was done. Like we we made it too advanced. We had like you put a clip into an air gun now. It's like well, why are we doing that? Right. Like we know the problem is if somebody said, thinks it looks like a real gun and they shoot you, they have all the rights. We don't need to make guns. Make them green. Like what the fuck. <laughs>
0: When you're doing shows now, I mean, you're, you're 37. I, I know my problem is I bring up like stuff from pop culture to relate to people on stage. Mm-hmm. And it's just not like, I tend to lean a lot on like the eighties and nineties stuff that I, I was familiar with. Do you get into that trouble at all? I still do it.
1: I okay. mean, I do it on purpose. Cause I don't care. Like
0: <laughs> it's pop culture. Yes. If you
1: don't, the reference isn't so old where you're like, what is that about? It's something that you've seen. You probably didn't, is that big? Like, people still quote lines from movies they didn't see. Right. So, you know, once you realize people do that, oh, yeah, you can refer to pop culture shit. To, like, I know people who have quoted Friday and didn't know which one like, they think they're quoting Friday and it's not the same movie. They've seen bits and pieces themselves, but they want to be in on a joke.
0: Right. I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago and he didn't know of Mice and Men. And I was like, all right, well, Mm -hmm. if you don't, I I understand you didn't read the book or watch the movie, but like by now, you know, you're 30 something. Shouldn't you know how that book ends?
1: If you want it. I mean, it's it's not my, like, you know, American novel and stuff like that don't really register to me like that because just because, you know, different culture. Right. So, I, I mean, some of those books I've avoided because I was, you know, that's how I was taught. This is not the same. This ain't the story that you really need to be bothered with. We have other stories for you to read about America. You know, their nineteen twenties and our nineteen twenties are not the same. <laughs> you sure? Our old country was not an old country. This ain't the old country. This is captivity, brother. You know, so <laughs> you just you learn that stuff differently. So Mike says, Man, I know the book. I know a lot of those books. It's just I even I even got out of them. I just had to replace them. Oh really? mm mm-hmm. I uh, I asked to do that because of Fresh Prince.
0: Well, um, I what proposed was-
1: cause I just changed some of the books.
0: Okay, okay. Oh, that's right. Um the original Ant-Viv.
1: Mm -hmm. and my teacher said that was fine it was it was like the first english class so i didn't have to worry about it i was fine with english enough that she didn't mind me not reading the books if i could have books that were similar
0: yeah that's that's pretty good i i don't know what i would have done i just i just wouldn't have read the books i guess i mean i went to a uh mostly
1: black high school so we were always ingrained to like you know know that there's two sides to the story uh my uncle played in the negro uh, league baseball so i told you about yeah billy bruton great uncle he uh told me about, you know, the reason why the the league existed. You know, it seems nice now, but it wasn't, you know, what the movies might make it seem like.
0: Yeah. My grandpa played pro ball. uh, He was in the minors with the Giants back in like the uh, 40s and 50s. And he said, he faced Don Newcomb. Mm. And he said uh, one of my favorite stories about Don Newcomb was uh, my grandpa said he was coming up to bat and the guy in front of him Hit a long home run off of Newcomb and then he watched it. And then so my grandpa said, I was walking up to the batter's box and Newcomb says, Boy, you better duck. And the first pitch hit him right in the back. Ugh. He goes, Couldn't do it. He's like, You didn't say anything to him. He's like, I'm not, I'm not charging the mound, not with that guy. And, uh, but my grandpa, he just respected baseball players. Like, I don't think he gave two shits about where they're from or what mm-hmm. they look like. Like he loved telling stories about Josh Gibson and about how he hit yeah. and it just grandpa's a catcher. So, you know, he just marveled at the guy.
1: Yeah. I remember growing up, there was a baseball game, uh, one of those MLB games where they integrated the Negro League for one year. And I thought that was so cool to have Satchel Page being a 99 arm strength. And you're like, oh, God dude, damn. I think that
0: was triple play.
1: All right. Yeah. That, it was like one of the video games. You're like, God damn, they, hey, okay. You know, it's cool to see that. I remember that. So I, I still remember that game. You know, and I didn't really like baseball that much, except for my family was really big into it. I like basketball growing up. Yeah. So, I mean, just those type of things. It's just, you know, little stuff that has an impact on you.
0: And Satchel Page is really interesting. And he must yeah. have been, like, the most quotable guy back there because <laughs> so many of his quotes have come up. Like, you know, if you search, like, famous athlete quotes or whatever, and it's like a don't ever look back because whatever's chasing you is going to catch you or the future's catching up on you, something like that. <laughs> I butchered it. but. I don't know if he pitched into his 50s or, you know, well, they never knew his real age, yeah. I guess. But, oh, God, no. My grandpa would tell me stories about all those players back then. And I couldn't imagine playing with, I mean, even in the 40s, just the equipment was so much different. And
1: But, I mean, I, it's funny to um, me when it comes to those two different leagues because a lot of the guys who got integrated, they won World Series. Yeah. Like, well, great-uncle had He won a World Series with the Braves. And the team was, you know, once they let everybody play and everybody had a few, like the ones who held out, you know, didn't really, Boston. they went on droughts. Yeah. Like you figure you don't want any black players on your team. All right.
0: <laughs> well, the New York Giants and, you know, San Francisco, but well, they got a bunch of them early. I mean, Willie Mays and, um, it was the first base, Willie M- 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 McCovey and cool. Monty Irvin. And, uh, they had a bunch of them and they had great teams. I mean, it, it could have been fucking like rocket science. Like, okay, you know, Negro Leagues are stocked with talent. Like, I remember, get them all. Uh,
1: Remember night, the early 90s when Barry Bonds played for the Pirates?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That team, I can't remember that many players, but I remember back in the day, I really knew that personnel, like, good. I knew the backups. I was such a fan of that team.
0: Yeah, Bobby Bonilla was on those teams. Mm-hmm. Sid Bream, back then, Jay Bell, Andy Van Slyke. Yeah, that's Doug like Doug Drabeck was there
1: that was uh, a fucking squad
0: yeah it was Don Slat was the catcher
1: and then the Indians came uh later on like the mid 90s early mid 90s, 90s with uh, yeah. Jim Tomey Kenny Lofton Albert Manny, Bell crazy Manny Ramirez ass. was there as a Manny, young yep kid. early Manny Ramirez and Roberto and Viscell. uh yep Omar Vascale Eddie she Murray started, wound down his career uh there. Nagy Nagy was there yep
0: Charles Nagy uh
1: Nagy yeah, Then didn't, didn't when CC didn't CC start there
0: Yep. C.C. Sabathia started there before going mm-hmm. to Milwaukee. They traded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had a – I mean, was that fun to go to the stadium and watch? Yeah, because
1: uh, my, my uncle had a, a, a hot dog concession stand inside Jacobs Field. So I would go to games with them, even if I wasn't working yet, because I was 12, 13, 14. I would just go to the games and just go in with them and then watch the games and then leave with them. So I got to watch a lot of those games – and it was funny, I'm not, I didn't really consider myself a baseball fan, but I went to way more baseball games because of that. Was but it was you- crazy to watch, like, to see those guys play and then know that they're because, you know, when you're here, you just think that it's just a local team. Everybody has a baseball team. Right. And then you realize your team's good. And you're like, oh, shit, yeah, they, okay. Because I didn't know how big a deal it was until they lost Albert Bell to the White Sox and he was there with Big Hurt. And then they stunk, kind of, you know?
0: Yeah, it went down for sure.
1: So I was like, oh, you see that type of stuff. And you're like, damn, that was okay. So he was really good when he was here. Now he's okay. And then you see Manny Ramirez, you're like, get the fuck out The Indians got rid of him. So now you see Lindor with the Mets. It's like Lindor about to fucking be a Hall of Famer. I, uh, <laughs> I
0: don't know if I should show you this Mets hat over here, but oh uh, uh, yeah, that was the first.
1: Uh, you know, yeah. funny thing, first baseball hat I ever got was a Mets hat. Really? Third grade for Christmas.
0: <laughs> My Why'd grandmother gave
1: it to me. She just thought that's the team I would like. She just my grandmother just bought me a baseball hat. It was a Mets hat, and I I end up caring about the Mets a little bit because
0: I think Strawberry played there. Yeah, so that you're probably ninety one, ninety two. So no,
1: a- no, I know I would I, my, since my first team I really got hip to was the Pirates because uh, my mom from Pittsburgh, so okay. I would be all over there in the summer to watch games. So I mostly saw football games, Steeler games, and baseball games to watch them because they had Barry Bonds. I knew he was good, so I watched their games on TV. But and I'll play their team with video games. But then uh, India's team was right after that.
0: Yeah, they were jacked. I remember watching them. Well, I mean, they were in the 95 and 97 World Series. And I was rooting for them both times because I don't like the Braves. And I didn't like, I didn't like the My Marvels. cousin
1: loved the Braves, man, because he had Deion Sanders. Oh, he, yeah? loved Deon, he, he loved Deion Sanders because Deion Sanders played for the Falcons, too. And that was kind of dope. But uh, who was the one pitcher they had? On the Braves. the Braves, well, they
0: had Maddox, Glavin, and yes, Schmaltz.
1: Maddox. That was it. And then he uh, he liked Chipper Jones when they first. He was a rookie, the yeah. early Chipper Jones guy with the Braves. Yep. So that's when um I remember that stuff. And the funny part, I I didn't really even care that much because I could tell you just as much about basketball in that era. So I mean, you know, as a kid, we just you if you like sports, you like sports. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, and- like because I knew about Bo Jackson, and I was never a fan until video games. And then that 30 for 30 made me think, oh, this nigga was a god. All right. Okay. I already know that. I didn't know he was a god on earth.
0: Yeah. I don't, <laughs> like, I mean, that, shit. He's like the tragic story, too, because, you know, he fucked up. I don't, up. I don't think it's up tragic. Up. I just think he was that strong. He's
1: so strong. Somebody was trying to tackle him, and he, went, he didn't want to go down, so he stomped harder and tore <laughs> a muscle. He tore his own muscle, like, from a little resistance from a puny human. Yeah. He's a god on earth. Like... It, it, to see that he cuts his own, he, does, he you see the thirty for thirty.
0: Yeah, yeah, a long time ago though.
1: He's like fifty-eight years old, cutting firewood while they're talking to him, like just out there, just putting firewood, just, just getting there and just slinging an axe with one arm. Oh,
0: and he wasn't just, out of breath.
1: <laughs> no, he was playing with bow and arrows and shit. He like he's just a guy. He's he's not from this earth. <laughs> like I don't get for what you tell me. He is a he's a comic book character who likes sports for a moment and got out of here because he said he hurt himself. Like. Because you couldn't hurt him. Like, no. They, so he had to make up his own injury. Yeah, I stopped <laughs> too hard on the ground and tore a muscle. I'm done with football before yeah. I win too much.
0: <laughs> they played two highlights uh, for Bo Jackson in baseball. And one's the home run he hit, I think the 85 All-Star game, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the other is when he climbs up the wall, yep, just runs all the way up the wall catching a ball. And, like, that's not human. You're not supposed to do that.
1: Because you try – you know, we all tried it. Oh, like, yeah. everybody tried to run up a wall. Like, how do you – how the fuck do you do three steps? And he went up and down.
0: Yes. <laughs> and you're like,
1: what the fuck? Like, we're children, we got way stronger, you know, muscles to take a little, little shocks. And it's just like, what the heck? How did he get the bounce to literally run up? And like, how hard was he going into the wall that he didn't push himself off while he was running? Like that's not even gravity. Like that's not how gravity works.
0: I wonder if anybody in baseball now can do something like that.
1: Give it a year, and Lindor gonna do the shit just because of the Indians had him, and he's not gonna be the best <laughs> player ever. I was when I read that ticker come across my email for the ESPN thing that Lindor signed with the Mets. I said, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> I,
0: can't I can't believe it. I can't believe." I mean, how? I know I'm not surprised they signed it, but to do that trade, I'm like, the Mets don't get supreme talent in trades not anymore and they get guys on the downside of their careers and not francisco and
1: and they already had a good pitching staff so it's gonna be it's gonna be he gonna get a world series it's gonna be well i mean he deserves one he lost in game seven which is the random most random shit
0: yeah i don't like that one at all uh how'd you hook up with ellie Sadiq?
1: uh i stalked him no um (laughs) we got i got lucky I worked with him once in Dayton, then I worked with him again in Cincinnati, and then I worked with him in Cleveland. And no, I worked with him reverse that. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Dayton. Because by the time we got to Dayton, we started talking more. Yeah. Because before, I just was a guy on the show. I didn't bug him. He didn't really, you know, it was nothing to it. But the fact I didn't bug him. (laughs) (laughs) And we would talk and the funny part, we'd always talk eventually, like, but I would never be in his face. And we just talk eventually. And we just, you know, we talked outside the club. Like he gave me his phone number and we just talked one day, just randomly kind of thing. He asked me a question about something, I could answer it. And then I asked him about featuring. I just figured, why not? You yeah, know, really? I got him on the phone and then he, uh, he offered me a date and I couldn't. I already committed to feature for somebody else. And that fell through. So I just drove to, he was in Columbus, and I, I was going to do a show, another spot, and that just, it fell through, and I, you know, I got lucky, so I just called him, and I hung out with him, and he said, next date was going to be this one, and I, I, you know, showed up, and it wasn't horrible.
0: That's awesome.
1: And that's all I try and do, show up and not be shitty. Just, just <laughs> you ain't got to even win. Just get him to the next, get him to the next, get on plate. <laughs> right,
0: don't fuck up a show.
1: Yeah, just, you know, just get, you live out your dreams, and just don't
0: fuck up the show. Is that hard for you to do to to break the ice with somebody like that? Mm-mm. I
1: mean, I've met you know there's there are people, there are guys who like comedy. It's not so hard to talk to those. Like, <laughs> I just don't talk to them about comedy usually because usually it's something else. You know, we have ideas. You know, we're a, or if I'm a comedian, I can exchange ideas with you. So, right, I usually argue or give them props or something. Like, uh, I hung out with Finesse Mitchell and I told him you had a cool life and <laughs> he just laughed and said, "Not nah, for real." Like, you did a lot of comedy shit and a lot of man shit that a lot of cats never do. Like, you played for the fucking you. Right. Like, you, you played for one of the greatest, arguably one of the greatest college football teams ever. You were a cast member of Saturday Night Live. Those are two of the fucking things that guys who, in football, like, yo, the you was amazing. If you're a comedian, you're like, yo, SNL would be a dream. So, you know, I'm just saying, that's kind of cool. And you did the, you know, the black comedian thing, you became a dad on TV. So, I man, you got to kind of, you know, if somebody ever told you this shit, I'm going to tell you, that's some cool shit. And we just, you know, he laughed about it, and we stayed in touch. That's
0: really cool. I, I would never know what to say. Like, I, I just be so in my head about, oh, don't fuck this up, don't fuck this up, please don't fuck this up. Just, uh, just be quiet, Mike. Just Be quiet.
1: I mean, it if you come up as if you admit you're a fan. You can talk to him as a fan. If you try to act cool, then yeah, you're gonna come off weird because you're not as cool as this person. <laughs> like you're a fucking fan. You're, you're not cooler than the person. Like I would never act like I'm. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I'm not weird. I'm not saying sign my titty. I'm just saying, you know. That's some cool shit I've seen. <laughs> I, I didn't know that I saw you in the goddamn you. And I work with one thing. I worked with finesse before. So when I'm working with it again, it's like, oh, now I can talk to you a little better. Like we, you see, I'm here. I'm I'm around. I'm not just a, that one guy that one weekend.
0: You yeah. know? I used to be a reporter, and when I was 22, I think maybe 23, I interviewed Mario Lopez. Mm. And at mm-hmm. the time, I had like long hair and covered under a Mets hat. He actually signed a Mets hat. I have hidden away because I'm the only one. I'm sure. I'm the only one who asked that guy to sign a Mets hat, but I walked in and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm my name's Mike, and I'm a fan of the show." Say by the ball, and he goes, "Yeah, I could tell." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> <all> right," <laughs> like, and he was great. He couldn't have been nicer. But I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, maybe I don't start that way anymore."
1: <laughs> no, I mean it depends because some guy. I mean, remember they're a guy first who does who does a job. You know, yeah. they're a good actor. They, their job is acting because um, who had a great one. It made me look up his, like more of his stuff. Like, Bill Burr. I met Bill Burr once. He had a show in Cleveland, and he was hanging out with two other comics that knew him, and I just knew them. Like, just the hierarchy type thing. So I'm already sitting at the bar watching um, Boston play the Sixers. Yeah. And I didn't know he, he came. After the show, he came. He's standing, like, right behind me, but he's talking to them. So I look back, and I say hi to the one comic I knew, but then, then he introduced me. And I'm like, oh, shit, man, I'm a huge fan. And I stood up, and I shook his hand, I stood up, and he... <laughs> He's not a tall guy. Right. <laughs> so he like he looked at he's like, oh shit, you know, because you know, I'm not a white guy. And you know, this is a very white space, so I do, you know, might might think something And he's like, I'm a big fan, he said, oh, man, you know, you were a good ones, huh? And I said, that's the funny Because they say I'm a comedian. So I'm like, right, right. Oh, that's just funny. I know your history. He said, that's cute. <laughs> I said, that's cute. I said I'm like, that's what the sisters getting put out tonight. I don't give a fuck. A laugh it up now. <laughs> But, you know, I'd make a joke back to him. Like, he's like, yeah, fuck your team. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so it's just a joke. But it's like, you know, some people, they're, you know, you can just, they're guys. So as long as you don't go in there, like, feeling sensitive about dumb shit, like, if you're going to try and be friendly, then you, this is what friendly shit is. Yeah. Like, if somebody's going to be, you know, if he's going to be a joker with you, laugh at it. Like, you don't got to laugh at yourself if he's disrespectful. But if it's some stupid, like, all right. Nice, like you know, like your like your earlier work. <laughs> like if, <laughs> yeah. if somebody's on their way down, you know, man, you was great in the nineties, man. Right like <laughs> now, you know, hey, hold on, you know, ain't no union for you, so I get it. But <laughs> like, did you see that kid that was arguing with Cam Newton at the camp?
0: No, I don't. Oh, do it see?
1: was a dumb video for like a hot ten minutes. It wasn't really a big deal, but it was on ESPN because the kid was talking. It was it was uh, at one of the summer camps, uh, seven oh seven, and. Cam Newton was there and a the kid was, you know, one kid had his camera out another kid was just talking shit to Cam. Yeah. And the kid doesn't really have a career to dog. <laughs> Plus he's a kid, but he's talking the shit to Cam Newton like, that's why you were free agent. It's like, <laughs> 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 I got all the things to tell a man who's waiting for some contracts to get filled out. I don't need you to remind me that my job isn't, you know, I don't have job security and I'm Cam Newton. But he handled it pretty, he handled it pretty good. He said, man, I'm not talking to you no kid. Where's your father? <laughs> Like, I'm like, where's your dad? I'm, where's your dad? I'm not talking to you. I don't, will you. Will you tell me? I'll talk to your dad. I don't want to talk to you. And that was it. So he handled it just like dismissive in the right way. But then he tried to make it a big deal. But I thought the kid at him was like, yo, that's still Cam fucking Newton. Like, first round draft pick, man. What are you talking about? Like, he has a Heisman. You don't do that. Don't act like you would not love to learn from this guy.
0: Yeah, his earring is worth more than your life.
1: Yeah, but like just the skill he like the skill he has, like don't need to be an ass. Like you're not a part of that group. You can't tease Cam Newton about shit. Like it's just you gotta <laughs> like if I see a comic, if I saw uh Bruce Bruce is a big comic, you know, fat comic. Yeah. I I don't have the status to just walk up to Bruce Bruce and say, ah oh, man, look at this fat motherfucker who I'm a stranger is insulting
0: this guy <laughs> Yeah, he's still a person.
1: Yeah, like it ain't a time and place. But if we're in the comedy room is different, people learn. If you're around a group of comics, though, take this joke and give one back. If you're around an athlete, come on now, like this is not, like it's a time to place for the jokes. Like kid, like you're a child at a camp, and Cam Newton's there. Ask for autographs. Have him sign your helmet and put it on eBay. Right. Not. Don't say that's why you a free agent. Like yeah, but he played for the Patriots last year. He replaced <laughs> Tom Brady. You do realize he that's the quarterback they called after they lost Tom Brady. Like <laughs> I, remember,
0: I wonder if this kid ever like charles barkley and what he mm. used to do with people at bars you know he, yeah. he got arrested i think he got arrested for it but yeah he got he threw through his... a bar window
1: yeah so did albert bell
0: yeah albert bell you had problems <laughs> i, I mean I... Now, I don't know if it's true but i remember hearing the story about how some trick-or-treaters mm-hmm. went after his house or his car mm-hmm. but he chased him down with his car
1: mm-hmm. i heard that too so we heard it locally <laughs> yeah. but now the thing is Charles Barkley and Albert Bell hearing those stories about bars and then you see those movies where somebody gets thrown through a bar window. Yeah. I didn't want to go to bars when I was younger. Like, what the fuck? A bar with a glass? Like, people throw people through bar- glass windows <laughs> for real? Like, because you, you see it in a movie and you see, you hear Charles Barkley through somebody through a glass window. like, really? A real glass window? All right. I don't know if I want to go out. This is... <laughs> yeah. No, but Albert Bell, he, uh, I guess some kids egged his house and his car and they tried to run away, and he chased them. He pursued them after they vandalized his home.
0: It's stick it up for Albert
1: kids, Bell? Oh, those kids was white in the neighborhood fucking <laughs> Albert Bell. He didn't come here for that. And he worked too hard to have these these children violate his house. So I get why he had to, you know, he didn't even catch anybody. He didn't grab anybody. He didn't beat anybody up. He just scared them enough. But it's like, you weren't scared enough? Like, that's I thing. Like, you ran, that's Albert Bell. Like, he's not a small man. I wouldn't want to call like, him
0: Joey to his face.
1: Yeah, like if you do that with Kenny, like Kenny Lofton, right? You you could fuck around and probably tease Kenny Lofton. He's like five seven. You know, he's a small guy. He's fast. That's his thing. Albert Bell hits home runs. Like he goes in with a fucking bat and a pitcher throws his best pitch against him and hopes to God he doesn't hit it out the park. And it's the yeah. man you want to run up on in his house on a one holiday that he's expecting this stuff <laughs>
0: Like <laughs> all you have to do is watch the clip of Ho- Jose v- or um, Fernando Vina. Just, you know, Albert El- oh. took him out at second base with a forearm. It's like, okay, stay away from
1: that guy. Man, he's not a small guy. God, that was just dumb. But, yeah, they did that stupid stuff. I mean, uh, I guess Barkley spit on a guy from the, in the stands, but he got on a girl, too, yeah. or so they say. But it's like – so when I see guys like Westbrook talking very calmly to a fan, <laughs> I mean, ASPN is all outraged. I'm like, y'all didn't really report the Barkley thing. No. But y'all play this Westbrook clip like Westbrook called them – slurs he just said i'm gonna fuck you up after the game if you want like you keep talking i'll fuck you up (laughs) like no fuck all that you uh he just called him out it's like you do realize that they they had this happen where they start beating fans ass like ron artest had to change his goddamn name he he, he ran in the stands and started beating ass because fans didn't understand to be fans i just you know
0: i wouldn't throw a nine dollar beer
1: Man, but also being from Cleveland, I can't talk too much shit about people throwing shit because we the reason you can't have glass bottles at the goddamn stadium now. <laughs> like Cleveland ruined glass bottles because one fucking football game, they launched glass bottles at everybody. It's like, damn it. Now we got these plastic glasses that the bottles will be plastic now. It's like, this is all because we couldn't control ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the worst site you've ever had? Oh, yeah. I had a few bad ones that made me want to quit. But the worst one I ever had, I was probably six, seven months in. I agreed to do this show. And it was an a older black room, an entertainment hall called Terry Macklin Center in Solon, Ohio. <laughs> it was April 1st, 2010. And man, I, my, I, I was really happy about the show. So I was all on Facebook asking people to come out. My mother, who was newly on Facebook, fucked around and invited friends to. Uh, my neighbor came. And her husband, so it was a lot of people I knew seeing me do comedy for the first time, and I'm still doing comedy for the first time. <laughs> I went up there, did about two minutes again. That was okay, and they were kind of chuckling, but it was kind of like a, it was just abrasive asshole tweets. It was like just I was saying tweets, yeah, and it wasn't going over. After that, the first two minutes was like, all right, now nah, you we gonna, ain't too much of it's gonna be old motherfuckers, you know, you gonna keep calling us old. <laughs> and I did one old joke, I seen this old man put his cane behind his chair and just said, boo, and then did the Apollo arm swing. Oh, man. When he did that, everybody else followed suit, and then I got off stage, and I I heard the, the, I heard, it was my first time hearing it, but I knew it wasn't good when the host went back on stage and said, man, no, y'all understand, man, comedy, hard. (laughs) (laughs) I said, oh, he's trying to explain my performance. God damn. Yep. (laughs) I know that I know a, I know an explanation when I hear one. That's yeah, that's how bad I was. He had to apologize to the room for me attempting comedy. <laughs> and I knew it was bad because I tried to go sit at the table with some family members, and my cousin was like, "Hey man, you know you with us, and we know you with us, but they ain't got to know you with us. You ain't got to sit down here." And I'm about to say, "No, no I'm serious. You ain't got to sit down over here." I'm like, "God damn! I I had to sit by the water fountain." Cause there were no seats left. It was about seven hundred people in this goddamn place. There was two Comic View comics. It It was the co-headliner with two guys from Comic View, and it was they. It was packed, and I fucking went up second and died. And I'm sitting by the the only seat left that wasn't feeling embarrassing was by the goddamn water fountain between the bathrooms.
0: Oh my god!
1: I just sat there and sat through the whole show. I figured you can't leave, like you know. It's I felt like you know you lose. You don't get to leave early. You can't you know be a punk. You can't avoid it. Like if somebody gonna say something to you. Or just wallow in this shit and deal with it. Like, damn, you need to write some jokes that fit people. Like, this on you. I sat there and just thought about that shit. Like, damn, this is on you. You fucked up. Ooh, either, you either quit now or, you know, hit an open mic and figure out there's some jokes. And I started talking to other comics. Like, yo, man, I had a fucking worst show ever. And he, they told me they were shows. show. She's so like, oh, okay. So this happens.
0: Yeah. Whoo! I
1: thought I had to find a car and I will never do comedy again. I thought I had to report myself. I was so fucking bad. <laughs> Well, that's I like they asking this
0: question. Like, everybody has a story that's worse than the last one I've heard. I mean, <laughs> it's like, I really think people can co- just compete. And it's one of my favorite questions I've to I've seen ask. that competition. Oh, oh, really?
1: I've seen uh, that competition happen. I've seen cats arguing about who had the worst one. And I've heard some great ones. Uh, uh, Roy Wood Jr. and Ali Sadiq were on live one day. And they were doing one. They were, and then Rodney Perry had a great one, too. But uh, Roy Wood Jr. had a good one. About a show he had with somebody, I forget the comic. He had a show, one comic, and they just got into it the whole time, the whole weekend, and it would reflect on the, the show. Like the comic didn't, didn't want him to do the show no more. Jeez. I've seen it back. I've seen one where a comic got replaced. I did see this. It was in Cleveland at the Cleveland Improv, which is notorious for being a, a fucking danger room, like the X Men shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's the ooh, you just come and get your ass whooped. And uh, the headliner. The feature, I'll say his name, Tricks. The feature Tricks, comedian Tricks, I think he's from Canada, he fucking murdered. But then the headliner went up and he died. Like five minutes into a 45 minute set and they checked out already. Oh my God. And they started walking out early. Like, they know, because Cleveland, they, as much as they act like they don't know comedy, they know how to break the protocol when a bad show's happening. They know how to ask for their money back. They know how to do all that shit. And they do loud. They do it during your set. They'll, excuse me, talking to the talk to a server. Excuse me, can you get a manager over here? I I didn't sign up. I don't want this. This is not for oh me. Like they'll do that shit to you. So you got to really be prepared. But he, you know, the headliner, he he stuck through it. But he was so bad, apparently, that, that the management was going to switch him. Had a feature headline, yeah. had a headline feature. But when they switched him, they didn't just like switch him on the marquee and even the pay maybe. They switched their rooms. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> yes. So the feature was in the condo and the hairliner was in the uh, hotel. So they told the, told the hairliner, yeah, we going to put you in the condo now. <laughs> oh,
0: my and God. The,
1: and they got the uh, feature of a hotel room. The hairliner like, man, fuck all that shit. He just left. He said, I'm not going to even do the weekend. He's left.
0: Well, I would do the same thing, I think. I, I don't know how I would look at the feature or the same way, vice versa. Uh,
1: they didn't even do it yet. Like, the feature had nothing to do with it.
0: Oh, I know that, but it's like yeah. just the awkwardness.
1: Oh, yeah, but the fact that, I mean, he didn't know that they were going to do him like that, because he, <laughs> so I was at, uh, that's improv, I'm at Hilarity's that same night with uh, Rory Scovel, and Rory Scovel knew the hairliner, so they come over and they, you know, we got the Hilarity's drinking, and he was telling the story of how it happened, then that was on Friday night, but that was Thursday night, Friday night comes, Only Tricks comes through the door and t- gives us an update that <laughs> old buddy got, <laughs> demoted up to the condo <laughs> and he said I'm not going to the fucking condo from the hotel and like the condo's in walking distance to the club so like but it's also the fucking comedian condo like the bed probably got springs like it's not a good bed the pillow is probably flat as paper and they want you to be here all weekend with just it's like probably the most saddest apartment ever compared to a hotel room so it's like you know, to tell somebody, I, I let him keep the room. That was just funny that they took the room from him and told him, you know, we are gonna put you in here. You're a feature now.
0: Oh my god, that's fucking crazy. The Show was so bad, he lost his spot.
1: That's, I mean, you hear about these things, but you don't really actually hear about them happening. You hear they could happen, right? But then you actually hear, like, I've heard a guy was so bad, Um, he did it. It was a white comic who did a joke. He said the n word, and he said nigger. I mean, whatever. White, white boy said nigger, and he had a black headliner and a black host, and it was a black crowd. And it'd be a good joke. He said it once. no, it was just, he said it and it didn't work. He said it the first night and it did not work. And <laughs> uh the headliner said, Yeah, he off my show. And yeah. he the, the feature I was in the, he was in agreement, he'd start packing, you know, get fuck his, he said, put the merch away. He wasn't gonna sell that much merch anyway, but he's he ready to go. Like, he's like, I'm he send me home. And the host told him, hey man, just let him talk to you after the show. Don't get so nervous. And uh just told him don't do that joke anymore. You know, don't do that word, don't do that joke, just with that shit, don't do it. You know, you ain't got to go home, but you ain't going to do that shit. No, not you better write some different, you know, don't do anything racial. Right. And he didn't, you know, white guys don't have to talk about race because it's not like a part of their lives. So, you know, he he just stuck to what he knew and he got to finish out the weekend, you know. <laughs> so I, you always hear about a guy might get the boot, but you don't really see it happen.
0: Yeah. Like I, I had that fantasy, like as a producer, I have this fantasy about kicking somebody out or off the show, but fortunately, I can book who I want. So that isn't usually a problem, but definitely like a like a mic or if I'm watching a show, I'm like, OK, when is the audience going to turn? Because they're about due for this.
1: Because running a show, I've seen I can kind of clock it like during a set. If you, you know, if you run a show, you you know comedy so much that when you hear a bad joke, you know exactly where this is going if they don't get out of that. Yeah. So like you can hear a train wreck and I've, I've been in shows i can hear when somebody says something wrong i'm like all right well shit let me get up and get you know i'll be in the back sitting so I'll let me walk to the stage you about to fuck around and lose them i can't have them in the night you only got two times to say some stupid shit if i gotta stop you because the crowd gonna leave and it's yeah. open mic so they don't have to be they don't nobody has to be anywhere but they're not that invested to have a shitty show so i mean that's why i try to keep my audience i care more about the audience than i do the comics egos because that was in the Wild West, back to what I said earlier. It's like, it's just, comics are just doing, they're just talking on a microphone. And you can't say they're not comedians because there's no test for the shit, but it's just like, God damn it. That year off, that cast was standing in the house being, you know, doing the right thing. The ones who's chasing comedy so much, who try and see what a comedian is. Like, oh man, a real comedian gets paid. Like A comedian just, you tell a joke on stage. It's just right. the art, you know, but they've taken it over. There's just a lot of bad comedy happening. So, I don't know. I'm sorry I went on that tangent. No, no, it's fine, man.
0: We bookended it, too. So, (laughs) that's fine, man. Uh, Dude, it was so much fun talking to you. And I appreciate doing this. Uh, How can people follow along with you online or Um, what you're doing?
1: At John Bruton on social media, at John, B-R-U-T-O-N. And then John Bruton Comedy, you know, John, B-R-U-T-O-N, comedy.com. And I have stuff on there, and I have another website called Make Them Laugh TV, which is uh the shows I produce. Uh, we record them. The same system I use for the um, nothing special. You know, we do that for the other show called Jokes on You, which is a crowd work show. So I try to structure like Def Comedy Jam used to be, yeah. where you know it's more of an in the room show, but you know everybody can hear the jokes and laugh at the good ones. So, so you're busy. I'm trying, and I'm back on the road now. So, and I'm gonna be in, uh, I might be doing a comedy show in Atlantic City before a celebrity boxing match with Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter. Oh my God. Hey, man, I'm trying. I'll do bar mitzvahs. i do, do, I'm doing trivia night tonight. You know, I'm doing a trivia night before the open mic just to make something fun, you know.
0: In what world is a Backstreet Boy, I believe, going to be? He's the brother. He's the fucking brother of the Backstreet Boy. That's
1: how wild this is gonna be.
0: And he's gonna try to beat up a six a foot six, nine? Nine.
1: Yes, left-handed. <laughs> hey, imagine trying to check a left-handed athlete and you know he's left-handed. Yeah, uh, no. That's hard enough. Cause not, you don't even know what the fuck to do. You're like, oh shit, I was taught. taught the right side. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> imagine motherfucker be six nine southpaw. Six nine, he's already doing overhand. Every fucking punch is overhand. Oh my God, I would not, I would not fight a Lamar Odom sized person. No, I would not fight Lamar Odom because you can't beat Lamar Odom. He won't lose. <laughs> like, think about Lamar Odom. He is not going down from some Aaron Carter. He survived a fucking brothel and right. a Kardashian. Yes. You don't die at the hands of him. Him and Bo Jackson going to live forever. <laughs> Lamar Odom and uh, Bo Jackson, they just two <laughs> guys amongst men, and we don't even know it. <laughs> and Pharrell, too. I, I think Pharrell, he'll never die either. Same and reason. Magic Johnson, just could. <laughs> of
0: course, of course, okay. <laughs> if Magic Johnson's not there, Yeah, he's yeah. never gonna die. <laughs> like
1: Magic, outlive Kobe. You get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the, you know what? I don't care. You keep that. That's true. We all thought <laughs> the same thing. Like what? No,
0: absolutely. We were making Magic Johnson jokes in the early '90s. Like, oh man, he's. So we
1: still making later. them. Like this. How the fuck is Magic still getting A's jokes? Like, because <laughs> I, <laughs> 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 mm. Like, the fact, you know, uh, the meme I saw when it was him getting the fucking vaccination, I said, oh, y'all bitches better not, y'all stop playing. You can't be, he better not get that fucking shot, you rat bastard. You you better leave that, I, they better not be one short. That's all I, that's all I said. <laughs> they better not be one fucking short if Magic got one. Because he a fucking, he's a dead man walking. You got me be fucked up. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, he a basketball player, but he got AIDS too. Like, let's not, mm-mm, you got the vaccination. And <laughs> I'm telling you, they don't go down, man. I don't believe those guys going to go down. But I would not, this is going to be the funniest shit in the world, though, to watch. Because, you know, one, the NBA, they had to get their get back. Because, like, Nate Robinson fucked it up for a lot of people. Oh, yeah, really? So, you know, this, this is like, that was supposed to be a fair fight. So, fuck that. Ain't no more fair fights. Nope. Lamar Odom fight Aaron Carter. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if he's smart, he'll take that first punch and flop. Like, he better fucking fold. You don't want to get the real strength from fucking Lamar Odom. Think about how much anger he probably has built up. All the dumb shit he's had to endure with just the women. Oh, this is dating man. life. And he can't hit them. So he's gonna hit somebody. And he's gonna hit Aaron Carter. Oh my God. he gonna I I wish it was people who wanted to bet on this shit. I would bet on <laughs> I try and haul him to holler nice this shit. Like, yo, give me uh all of it on the black guy.
0: Those prop bets <laughs> are gonna be ridiculous. Oh man, I
1: say two rounds. Make it fun for us. Make it worth it, <laughs> make it worth the ticket. You know, play with your food.
0: It's gonna be like like or Tatum and The Simpsons going after Homer. There's a couple other fights too. It's a it's
1: a love and hip hop type fight happening with Peter Guns. He had that one song, um, Uptown Baby, Uptown Baby. It was some New York shit, right? <laughs> Peter Guns and um, damn, who was the other dude? I don't know. But either way, he gonna be there getting his ass with probably because he's fucking like 57 trying to box, and that's like, all right, man, we don't. You're not forming, so this ain't gonna work. for <laughs> But it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to see that. I mean, because Nate Robinson his shit. If Nate Robinson go don't go down, you ain't got to get Lamar Odom big ass beating up on Aaron Carter. But this is what happens? We got to get one back.
0: <laughs> Listen, if if I got to sacrifice Aaron Carter, I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah, like it's gonna be like, hey man, you know what? It's gotta gotta be a blood sacrifice. <laughs> you ain't got to lose a Backstreet Boy, but a Backstreet Boy brother, he is not gonna. Make- like you can keep Nick. We don't, we don't want fuck Nick. We don't want Nick. <coughs> we want Nick to see. We want Nick to watch.
0: <laughs> Dude, man, you're the best.
1: Thank you so
0: much for doing this, man. I'll talk to you in a bit, dude. All right, man. Thanks. back. i skin back. I'm i